hey! Thanks so much for joining me today on the Cocti Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. In case you're new to the show, I'm the editor and official show dog manager here at Fortner.com. True, we've never won any trophies, but we're thinking about thinking about getting a dog, so that's a start. In case you're new to the show, you may have seen me as the DM for Quest for the Cure, as Cicero on Cyberpunk Independence, as Doc on Scribes and Scrolls, or sailing on the SS Failboat over on Talon and Claw. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show or follow us on social media at fortnerd.com. That's at fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M. Or do both. Both works for me, but whatever works for you is fine. All right, first, uh, the news. Really, this is a bit of personal news. I'm producing a new actual play Dungeons & Dragons show called Dreadful Tales. Set in the domains of Ravenloft, this anthology series begins on the Talon & Claw Twitch channel on February 22nd. It will feature two incredible DMs, ten amazing players, and a finale arc you won't believe. Arc 1, which begins on February 22nd, is DM'd by Strike Red Kite and features an incredible cast, including Fluffy Snowfall, Robo Goblin, Feliza Cassano, Anthony from Talon and Claw, and me. Where do the other players in the second DM fit in? You'll have to tune in and see. Today I'm chatting with Lee Goldberg. He's a D&D fan, a pancake artist, and incredibly fuses gaming with his pancake art. If you haven't seen his work, it's a wonder to behold. He's also a cast member on They Came From Beneath the Sea, an actual play series on Ye Old Dragon's Twitch channel. We talked about art and gaming, but most importantly, who gets to eat the art once it's finished? I hope you enjoy my chat with Lee Goldberg. Uh, Hey Lee, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I always like to start off with the same question because I, I love hearing people's stories about how they got involved in Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPG. So what was your first experience with D&D? My first experience was years before uh, I ever really dove in is I would listen to Brian Posehn's Nerd Poker, uh, its first iteration, and it was something that I fell into because I love Brian Posehn and I think he's hilarious and they're, I like fantasy stuff. So yeah, they're playing a game. Cool. And for me, it was about the story they were telling and not really any kind of, like I kind of zoned out the mechanics aspect of it. So I didn't really kind of click in that aspect as much. I was also going through a pretty dark time during that so it was one of those like a lifeline to keep me uh above water uh mentally um so i i don't think i had the wherewithal to really connect like hmm this is a space i really think i want to get into but it was something that kind of was like okay i'm human i'm okay <laughs> even though I, at the time wasn't um and then years later uh dan telfer took over dming and I basically uh, just jumped back into it and really got into what they were doing. And I was also at that time doing the pancake art that many people know me for. And one of the things I needed to work on was, was portraits and faces. So I did all of the voice actors' faces who were on the show and uh posted it on instagram and twitter and stuff and and during the recording of one of their patreon episodes something came up uh where they said like 
oh yeah, we'll show them our, our poker face. And then there's like nerd poker face. And then Ken Daly, who every opportunity I get will mention that Ken Daly changed the trajectory of my life for the better. And I owe him more than I think I ever could put into words. But he said, as depicted in pancakes, that's it. And they're like, wait, what? And he said, as depicted in pancakes. And then during the recording of this episode, they basically like, oh yeah, one of our listeners does pancake art and this and that. And their guest at the time was Joe Manganello, who everyone knows has just been an old school D&D player and things like that as well. So he was on there. And they basically showed him my Instagram page and showed like the pancakes and stuff that were on there. And it's just so weird to hear them like, oh, look at the little boy on his dad's tummy. And I'm like listening to it as a Patreon subscriber, like that's, that's me and my dad's tummy. And so, um, so Joe and I connected on, on Twitter. He's like, have you seen force gray? Have you seen critical role? This and that. And I, I mean, when Joe says you need to watch or listen to these things, you do it. So I did. And I just, it, I fell down the rabbit hole and just every bit of content that I could listen to. And, you know, you kind of, you don't really learn the game, but you also kind of learn the game when like uh, you just want to try it. And a, a buddy from years prior was like, Oh yeah, we, we love Critical Role. It's like, oh yeah, I've been listening to that too. It's like, hey, we're doing a game. If you want to come in, and so I, I, I joined their game, and I made my first character the monk, uh, Ryuken Akuma. Okay. So Ryuken Akuma, seem right? Uh, and it was a blast. And and it's that moment where you you have an argument with someone at the table, or something just really intense happens, and you realize like oh my gosh, my character was having this moment. And that's when it clicks. You know, that's when it's like, okay, you got me, tabletop. You got me. I just, Ryukin was upset about something that I could care less about, but that's awesome. And then after this really heated argument, my friend and I look at each other, you know, breathing heavily. And we're like, that was awesome. And so it was just, it was a lot of fun. And obviously over the past five years, D&D has become incredibly popular, but more so over the last three, it's exploded in popularity. Why do you think that uh, people are coming to Dungeons and Dragons? What's bringing to them to the game? I mean, in no small part, Stranger Things put it on TV as something. And it's like, oh, I love Stranger Things. I love these people. and this is all Dungeons and Dragons-y, but not, and how, you know, that, plus just the live stream shows and the production value and just, um, you know, when you're watching these people or, or listening, if it's through podcast, and I think a lot of it is that there's a lot of humor that's thrown into a lot of them, which I think makes it more accessible when, you know, it, it's some of them, especially, uh, aren't as like heavy on the rules their little rules light so it does feel like oh i can do anything and and just like the growth in popularity lets people think like oh okay it's okay for me to do this because it's so much more accepted and, and i think that makes it easier for a lot of people to 
kind of openly come out and be like, hey, I want to try this D&D. Obviously, the pandemic has changed how we interact with each other and play games. Have you been able to play D&D during the pandemic or have you been on a forced hiatus? Um, I definitely haven't gotten to play as much as I'd like to. That's not as much about accessibility because I feel like as difficult as it can be and as much fun as being at a table with people and seeing reactions and be, you know not having any kind of delay from Zoom or whatever you're playing on, being able to play online is one of the most like accessible ways to do it. I, I mean, I was depressed that I had to leave my home game, but that was mostly because I had a kid and then it was the pandemic. And I tried to play, uh, I was on a computer, but no one else was, and that's untenable. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone forgets you're there. And, and so that makes it difficult. But uh, my, my really good friend, Ron, um, he's, just, he's an old school game player. He plays every system. Uh, I was, you know, lamenting online that I hadn't been able to play in, in so long. And he basically was like, all right, it was uh, the alien RPG. Okay. But he said, hey, I'm running this game. And he basically ran a game for me, uh, which was so, so cool. And he's like, I'm running this game. Lee's in it. Who else wants to? And we formed this little group, work schedules. And, you know, two of them are teachers and dealing with a whole bunch of things made it. Uh, it's not really happening right now. But um for a few months, we just played every week and one person's in Philadelphia, one, two people are in California, and then I'm here in Arizona. So um, I think it takes some getting used to, but I love being able to play on online with friends. Yeah, I think the I played started playing at the beginning of the pandemic. I started playing more D&D than I was before just because there was no commute. Now I play less because the appeal has worn off and I just want to get back to a table. That's sort of how my my last couple of years of D&D have gone. But okay, so I think a lot of people who listen to the show will know that you are a pancake artist for Dan Cakes, um, or a Dan Cakes artiste. I apologize for 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 not getting your title correct. Um, what you make is amazing. How did how did that happen? How did you develop that skill? Because it feels like something that's unique. Uh, yeah. Well, I always say that if you want to be one of the five best in the world at something do something that only five people are doing. Um, That's not true. There's a lot of people actually that do it. There's not as many that do it professionally, but um, I, I got uh, clean and sober in 2014 and I went to this treatment place, uh, which saved my life, but I put my head down and I just did the things I needed to do to turn my life around And I had been cooking, not professionally, but I'd been cooking since I was four with my dad. And so, um, you know, I would be doing dishes in the kitchen uh, as a chore, like a residential chore. And I just one day was like, hey, if you guys ever need prep help, I mean, I know how to use a knife and, you know, I could help out. And and so they let me uh, just kind of do some of that stuff. And because I had previous knowledge, no one had to be over my shoulder 
like, no, no, do it this way. And so a position opened up as a cook and I took it and I became a full-time cook for them. And we would do brunches on weekends. And if, you know, at a residential place, if you serve breakfast or brunch from nine to 11, 85% of your residents are going to come right at nine. So I'd have this hour and a half where people would trickle in slowly. And so if I was bored, I would make faces of eggs and hash browns and, and sausage, things like that. I had a resident helping me serve. And he was like, hey, man, have you ever heard of pancake art? Seems like it'd be really up your alley. So we just we went on my phone and looked it up and there was some stuff on there and um, it looked really cool. Uh, I didn't I mean, it looked impossible, but I had this vat of pancake batter. So I grabbed a, a two gallon coffee filter, threw some batter in it, poked a hole in the bottom and just used my uh, flat top at work and used like a piping bag drew on the on the griddle and it was terrible it was really <laughs> not good drawings but you know what it was really fun and i just i i latched on to it because when you're in recovery for something like drugs alcohol or, or anything you know it's a lot easier to stay clean when you're at a meeting in a classroom, you know, when you're doing things, especially things related to uh, your recovery, but it's about what you do when your mind is quiet and then gets really loud because it's your voice that's in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I found something to occupy that time in a way I hadn't yet. So um, I just, I, I, I latched on, I watched all the videos I could um, you know, I, I got a cheap electric griddle, squeeze bottles and food coloring. And I mean, my, you know, I leveled up as I went, but I mean, at times I was mixing colors in a bowl and then filling a bottle with it and doing all these things. And, and so, uh, when I really wanted to get better at it, still just a hobby I loved, I reached out to anyone on Instagram that was you know, that had a pancake art, you know, thing and the pancake artists who, you know, the, the gig artists, the ones who travel, they've done stuff for Disney, for Pixar, uh, because of me, Wizards of the Coast, um, you know, they've done a lot of stuff. I, I reached out and was like, hey, I'm looking to improve at what I'm doing. Do you have any pointers? And so they gave me some cool like color mixing pointers and things like that. And they were just, you know, we kept in contact and like, hey man, you're really uh, improving. I think you're gonna, you're gonna do really well at this. And I was like, hey, thanks, man. Um, and while I was getting better, their company was just doing more and more and more where two people weren't enough. So they picked up some artists. And then they were like, hey, they reached out to me like, hey, do you want to be an apprentice artist for us? And so I was like, okay, sure. And a few years later, now uh, I'm one of the artists. I'm, I'm the kind of the backup because they have full-time artists. Mm -hmm. I can't do that because I've got a kid and a family and um, I need to be able to just keep generating uh, an income. So I have a day job, but uh, they're really flexible. And whenever... I need to, I, I can do an event 
Um, and yeah, so with the way that that kind of went into D&D is it was around the same time that I was getting really into it. And so my favorite thing to make pancake art of is just, well, there's two things, monsters and things that are adorable. D&D has both of those in yes. spades. Yeah, I've done about as many flumps as I have beholders. <laughs> Um, and so I just really enjoyed it. And I, I reached out to uh, Nathan Stewart, like, hey, if you ever want some pancake art stuff, like, let me know. I'd love to. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, how about like a chibi uh, or a lithid? So I did this adorable little mind flare and they liked it a lot. And um, when the book, uh, was it Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes, mm -hmm. when that came out, it was really awesome. They reached out to me and were like, hey, we're going to send you five images. This is before it came out. I got five images. Like, I got to see the GIF in D&D, like, when they released the GIF. I got to see that before anyone else. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people, because I made a pancake art of it. And so they were releasing weekly book art next to my pancake art of it. And it was a lot of fun. And then because of that, we got invited to work at the Stream of Many Eyes. And I, I was too new into the fandom to, to fully appreciate everything that was there. Um, and I was just, I was so shy about it. So like, I was like, oh, I don't feel like I belong here yet. Um, and luckily I got to meet Lauren Urban at that event who was, I mean, it, if you know Lauren, she's the most supportive, kind, welcoming soul in existence, question mark. I, I mean, she's really wonderful. And we became friends there. We, we hung out, uh, myself. Uh, Dylan Wilkes, who works for CNE Games, um, and um, one other person were at the Yawning Portal Tavern at uh, <laughs> the Stream of Many Eyes. They had the tavern built, and we were just talking for like two hours, and and it was just such a. It was like okay, I'm home, and it was wonderful. Yeah, uh, friend of the show, Lauren Urban, absolutely wonderful. Just the best, the best person. I, I have to ask though, because when you're, anybody who's seen you do these complex character portraits, it's baffling to imagine that this is just coming straight out of your brain and in reverse because you have to flip it, right? So do you draw it out ahead of time to give yourself an idea of what it's going to look like? Or are you just, uh, just straight uh, taking it out there? I hesitate because I want to sound so much cooler than I am still pretty cool but 100% uh, no, nobody's I, saying they're not you're you're absolutely <laughs> cold as ice uh I I usually will work with reference art um I don't pre I don't practice because it's just I don't feel like it, it's as helpful like I could make the same pancake a bunch of times and sure, it might be a little, I mean, I can do a unicorn with my eyes closed now, but <laughs> it's that time at the griddle that is like, I'm making this pancake. 
it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm, I'm using squeeze bottles with goop in them. So, um, you know, mistakes can happen. And because I did it great 20 minutes ago, it doesn't mean I'm going to do it great mm-hmm. now. But I have my reference material and uh, my co-host for Griddle Champions, Sean, when he sends me my images, a little peek behind the curtain, he sends me the images flipped. So I I just do them as is. Yeah. Most of the time, the having to do it backwards is um, just kind of a little showboaty thing because it doesn't matter that much. Like if I do a portrait of your face as a pancake, like you're not going to look at it and be like, I mean, it's good, but <laughs> backwards. <laughs> um, but I will say that one of the reasons that I definitely have my images um, flipped beforehand is, you know, D and D fans know and know what's supposed to go where. So if an eye patch is on the wrong side, um, or Minsk's like purple circle over the eyes on the wrong side. You might catch heat for that. So yeah, somebody somebody's gonna be tweeting at you before you're done. It's like, did you even look at the character? Um, actually, hundred one one hundred percent. I think I think though I, I need you to to buckle up because this is going to be the most important question you may have ever been asked in your whole life. I'm not ready. Okay, I, I, I'm ready. Wait, I'm ready. Okay, you're sitting. You're, I see that you're sitting. Who eats the pancakes after they're done? Um, when we do events, and I really hope to be at a place where we can do more events, I want to do cons really badly. Invite us. Invite Dan Cakes to cons. But when we do an event live, I ask you what you want. I take an image you've got or I look it up. I make it for you specifically and you eat it. Oh, when I'm home. Yeah, that's right. But when I'm home doing my show, um, my son will eat usually (laughs) only one, one pancake uh, that I make. And, um, and it's really funny too, because he, you know, he's two and a half right now. So uh, anytime I'm mixing something in a bowl. He goes, Ooh, pancakes. And I'm like, Oh, not, no, just cookies though. We're making cookies, like mm, pancakes. Like, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I'll usually have my kid eat one. I used to eat a lot of my pancakes. I don't do that as much anymore. Um, you can only eat so many hundreds of pancakes. I, be- I believe that as, del- as delicious as they are, I'm sure they diminish in deliciousness after the first thousand or so. I see it and I see paint, you know, uh, like there, I remember there was a time where my fiance and I were at our apartment and we hadn't gone shopping. So there's really nothing in the house and we're just like, God, I'm hungry. Like, should we order something? I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> Ashley says, wait a second, pancakes are food. <laughs> they're like oh yeah pancakes are food so i made us pancakes because i i always have pancake batter you know I, anytime i go to the supermarket or costco or anywhere just you know it's like that um that like little like might as well get a bag of pancake batter just to um, be safe 
Because you know what's really terrible is having a show on Friday and going, well, I guess I have to run to the store. I don't have enough mix or I ran out. So I always, I always have at least two backup bags in my kitchen. Wow. Badass and smart. Uh, we're not, we're, we're, we're too lucky to have you in our community. Okay. <laughs> so, so now you're, we're talking about streaming pancakes and, and making them flipped and, and doing all that stuff. What is griddle champions and how the fuck did that become a show because it is amazing and i need the whole story okay uh it's genesis is also from stream of many eyes i met eric uh, eric jordan at uh at their idol champions booth and uh we had crossed paths on twitter already uh a little bit but we talked a little and you know, just we stayed in contact and things like that. And when the pandemic started shutting everything down, um, you know, I, I one of the things that I had to generate some extra income is I had a weekly brunch that I would do and I loved it. Um, and it was consistent and weekly. Uh, and because, you know, reasons, I, I was unable to continue doing my brunch. And just out of the blue, because uh, Idol Champions has an amazing uh, support base, fan base. Um, the game is all D&D IP. And now there's a uh, live play character. I love when a live play character is brought into the game because I just go, I get to make that. I'm going to make a pancake of you. And then sometimes we'll have them in chat to see their character that they've spent hour and when you're making your character in idol champions the amount of detail that the that cne games puts into making sure not only to make your character represented but in a way that makes you happy uh it's just it's such a cool it's just so cool how much they care about their game mm -hmm. um and so they kind of, they did this thing where it was like a, a coloring page at a con and people seemed to really enjoy, to, it was like, you know, art from the show and they, it was like a, 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 you take it and you color it and you can bring it back and they posted it in their booth and people really liked it. And so they took a chance and Eric reached out to me and I had never, I mean, I thought about streaming like games and things like that. Uh, but uh, he reached out and was like, hey, have this wild idea. Well, how do you feel about streaming a pancake art show where you will make pancakes of the champions that are going to be boosted for the weekend? And it'll be sort of a, while you're making the pancake, they will, um, they will uh, try to guess who you're making. And so I basically was like, you know, they're like, so we'll, we'll give like season one, you know, like we'll give you 10 episodes, like a contract for 10 episodes. Think of that as a season one. We'll go from there. And I was like, cool, I'm going to make a little extra money to make 10 episodes. And people are going to realize they don't really want to sit for two hours to watch me make pancakes. Um, luckily, they brought in a host, uh, Sean Wall, 
who we have an intro where he's like, and with me as always, my best friend forever, Lee Goldberg. And, and every week I get to say, hello, forever best friend, Sean. Sean was, Sean and I met on a, basically a Zoom call the day before our first episode or our test episode. And, you know, I get along with, I'm an extrovert. I get along with people. I get along with people quick. I've never had a connection with someone that everybody's like, hey, you and you, you're going to do something you've never done. Boom, here you go. Boom, you're, you're there. But in that call, we just, we clicked. And epi- I mean, the thing is, you'll see if you watch from episode one to now, my, my speed, my skill, the things we make have definitely evolved. And how Sean and I, you know, do our, our, our hosting and co-hosting of the show is evolved in just how we've gotten better. But you'll notice from day one to now, our chemistry hasn't changed because from day one, we were zoned in and that, that really helps. And he works for CNE and he does a lot of the like trouble, the trouble tickets and, and customer support. Mm-hmm. Now he streams a bunch because everyone loves Sean and they're right. But um, who am I to disagree? So I won't. <laughs> so, so yeah, you thought so I was going to, you thought I was going to disagree. I either that or start singing sweet dreams. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, arguments make for great content for somebody else's show. <laughs> um, How do you argue pancakes though? Like, well, like- I mean, like, you know, some people make them with like almond flour and, and almond milk and do weird stuff. Like, because they can't eat regular flour. And to Do some they people, enjoy that it? Might be anathema. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm never eating that shit. As long as you're enjoying it, then you're doing it right. Oh. Same thing with uh, pancake art. Oh, I would never try to do that. I would never. I could never do that like you. And I'm like, just because you can't paint a Picasso, it doesn't mean you shouldn't paint. And yes, I'm as good as Picasso. No, I'm you're not wrong. saying that. But what I am saying is, I've spent hours and hours and hours of practicing look at some of my old stuff it isn't good but i had a lot of fun doing it pancake art is not difficult to do doing it well just like drawing takes time and effort but if you've got a griddle you've got bottles and color you can make a smiley face pancake with your family everyone's gonna have a good time so this is me Live on TV, both of those things aren't true, but yeah, neither of neither of those things neither of those things are true. Yeah. But here is what's true: it's a really fun thing to do. And DM me; I will walk you through tips and tricks. All right, so uh, Lee's DMs are open for anybody who wants to learn anything about pancake art or anything really. Just ask him questions: uh, theory of relativity, uh, Battle of Normandy. He wants he wants all your questions, folks. And I will answer confidently, mostly incorrectly, but with confidence. Nobody's going to know the difference if you answer confidently. <laughs> right. I always thought the people that like look up in the sky at night and they're like, you see that light right there? That's Mars. I'm like, here's the thing. I think that's bullshit. I don't think there's any way for you to know that. 
but you sound so sure of yourself that guess what? I'm looking at Mars. I'm in. Yeah. Now, I know that you're doing a show called Beneath the Sea. They came from Beneath the Sea. They came from Beneath the Sea. What is it and where can people watch? It's a story path system um, from games. Uh, It has definitely been a a struggle to make happen uh, just with scheduling. Who would have known gaming and scheduling is hard to coordinate? I know, right? Um, So we did our session zero game, which turned into two weeks of session zero because there are certain like attribute point distribution things that the PDF and the, the player, like the character sheet, we, we weren't connecting with. And some of the people that are playing are seasoned gamers. Mm -hmm. I'm not as seasoned, but I enjoy a game. Uh, So I didn't feel as bad that I was kind of like, wait, so am I caring about the row or the column and where do I put my, but on our second session, zero, like you could hear like the gears falling into place and, and we figured it out. Uh, we are on a two. Well, we were on a, we were supposed to have a episode yesterday, but um, one of our players is sick. So we are taking a, a two week break. So not next Wednesday, but the, I guess I should probably say the date since this is a podcast. The dates. Yeah. Yeah. Come see it today. Yeah. Not to, so we're They're, publishing next Tuesday. So not tomorrow. But the no, following Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't have a calendar in front of me enough. It doesn't to make matter. I'll put it, but yeah. I'll put it I'll Wednesdays, it out. Yeah. Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, Wednesdays at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's just, it's really cool. It's like a 50s sci fi horror camp, like the camp nature of those movies. Like, um, attack of the crab people kind of thing um and and you you, it's like the the gm is the director so you are your character but you're also the actor playing your character like there's things where you can take the director's chair to like rewrite a scene kind of thing so it's got some really cool things that i can't wait to finally get into (laughs) but uh it's really cool and you know, the shenanigans that we kind of get into, you're in a discord conversation and uh, one person says, Hey, does anyone, how does anyone feel about being like a sibling with me or something? And uh, the dominoes fall. And now we're basically ducktails. We're three siblings, a grandparent and a a reporter instead of our launch pad. But um, we're ducktails, my guy. I mean, sa- sounds amazing. I I love Ducktales. Who fucking doesn't love Ducktales? Yeah, it's like I- so. It's it's uh, sci-fi Ducktales in the fifties meets Attack of the Crab People. You, I, I don't think you can put it better than that. That's <laughs> so. It's basically what it is. And I play um, Chip, the thirteen-year-old boy adventurer. Um, who really wants to be like his grandmother who uh, is, you know, has a history and there's a comic book written about them that is, is it fiction? I don't know, but Chip 100% believes it's all true. Turns out it's all true. 
Well, that's a cliffhanger that everybody will be able to experience in the coming Wednesdays, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesdays and Wednesdays after that on They Came From Beneath the Sea. Lee, thank you so much for chatting with me. I had a great time. Me too. Thank you for having me. Okay, real talk. You've subscribed, right? And left a review of the show on Spotify and followed us on Twitter. I mean, you don't have to. It's not mandatory, but like, it's a little mandatory. Is that a thing? It's always good having you join me. And remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.